Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Wild Country Nation. It's time for your Saturday morning wake-up call. Northwest Wild Country is on the air. Welcome to America's number one fishing, hunting, and outdoors radio show. And it's all brought to you by Waypoint Marine Group in Ballard and by Garmin Electronics. Now your Wild Country crew, Dwayne England, and your host, Joel Shangle. Well, good Saturday morning and welcome to Northwest Wild Country Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Dwayne England and in-studio guest host back once again in his true form in black, Mr. Cameron Black. Gone Catching Guide Service in studio with me this morning is my co-host. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Make sure you're close enough to that mic so Blake can hear you. He'll start <laughs> throwing stuff at you. Got Steve-O and Blake behind the glass getting it done for us and the whole team's here. Shangles on the road doing the Bass Nomad. So it's myself and Cameron getting through all that is wild country here in the Northwest. And what a week it's been, man. You're down there, you're down south, live in Woodland, Washington, fish predominantly a lot of the local waters down there. Columbia's kind of your go-to, all up and down the Columbia River, um, and we're going to get into some of that later on, but you're paying attention to what's going on up here in the Puget Sound region, and uh, you've been you've been trying to kind of pay attention from even down there as to the effect that it has on our fisheries overall, because, um, man, you know what, you close everything up here, that also increases pressure down there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even just in the last week, I've received some calls from guys that are looking to get out this summer and they're and they're uh, freaking out up here. So, yeah, they're looking for guides and stuff down in our area. And like you said, it's going to increase the pressure. But I mean, it's just kind of a scary uh, road they're going down for just how quickly these fisheries can just be shut down at the drop shut of a down. hat over yep. something bureaucratic like that. Yeah. And a lot of folks don't understand it, but more and more are getting educated as of late, especially with some of the ongoings the last couple of weeks. So, uh, before we delve into all that, uh, today's uh, today's show is packed with a lot of good information. Lots of folks from around the state going to help us out on learning about different fisheries and options to go to. One that's been uh, going very well uh, lately over on the other side, the Rufus Woods, Keith Jensen, one guy that we talk to on a pretty frequent basis because he does so darn good. Uh, he's catching some really nice-sized walleye over there at Rufus. And a lot of people think Rufus Woods, and you think, uh, you know, triploid. That's why I want to go over there and get some big triploids. And sure, you do, but the walleye fishing can be pretty darn good. And right now, he's uh, he's getting some big fish. So we'll check in with Keith um, here in a short bit, and we'll talk walleye and some triploids just to give you a couple of options. You might as well fill the cooler with, with both before you leave the lake, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially those walleye. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. So we'll check with him. We'll talk, uh, check in with Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia River Guide Service. Uh, you were on the wind yesterday. Uh, uh, Shane was over there as well. He's been fishing the, the wind and Drano. So we got 10,000 plus Chinook crossing Bonneville daily here. We're kind of at that point of the run, finally. And uh, you would think that those fisheries would be taken off. They're kind of, it's typical springer season, right? It's up and down. 
Oh man, consistently inconsistent. There you go. Sure. That's the oh. only thing you can count on. So, but we'll talk with Shane. Uh, he's been fishing those for years, as you have as well, Cameron. So this will be a good segment. We'll get folks spooled up on exactly what it takes to be successful there, uh, when Drano. And then of course, Kokanee Nation. I don't have to go anywhere else. I got you in studio. We're gonna have a. 22, 23 minute discussion. All that is Kokanee, especially the areas that you focus on, Merwin and Yale, which uh, have some really good potential, high fish numbers, and um, and you got kind of a progression that folks can look forward to. And what I want is uh, those that are listening and tuning in via Comcast this morning. I got Cameron in studio. We're going to talk Yale and uh, Merwin and some other areas that are fishing Kokanee as well. This is your opportunity, man. Get on the phone. Call 800-829-0950. The easier number, of course, 206-286-9595. Text us up at 49451. With Cameron in studio and 20 minutes of Kokanee Nation, brought to you by Max Lure and YBC. Why wouldn't you call in and ask questions? I mean, I got you right here in studio. I expect the phone to light up. People with questions, having difficulty, can't figure them out. This guy is going to get you squared away. We're going to do the best we can with Kokanee Nation today. And speaking of which, Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby is two weeks from today. Okay, May 21st, Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. Well, oddly enough, up there at Lake Stevens. And we uh, are going out of studio. Okay, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Shangle's on the road. I'm taking the wild country boat, going to fish the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. Why is that important to everybody paying attention? Because we're inviting a listener, a guest, a follower of Northwest Wild Country to join myself and my lovely wife, Sherry, and probably my dog, Wilson, uh, up there on Lake Stevens for the Derby. Your seat is paid for. One person and or we may, if you have a small child, uh, son or daughter under age 12, um, and probably over the age of eight, we're going to invite you to come along. Simply go to our Facebook page, like it if you have not, and if you haven't, I'm not sure why not, but like our Facebook page, go to Max Lure, sponsor of Kokanee Nation, like their page, you need to tag someone, put their name in that in that posting on the page I put up this morning, Wild Country Facebook page, put your name, or on your name, post somebody's name, tag them so that they also come like our page, that qualifies you to go into the drawing, it's a simple drawing, going to run it for a week, by next Saturday I'm going to draw a name, and that person is going with me, uh, going to meet us up there at Lake Stevens, going to fish the Kokanee Derby with us. So i uh, got that to look forward to. Go to the Facebook page. got all the information there. Um, now getting into point of contention that's been brewing here the last couple of weeks. We've been covering it here. Lots of information getting thrown around, lots of communication, non-communication. Uh, we're going to get to the, the, the heart of the matter, so to speak. Heath Heikula, uh, Regional Fisheries Director for CCA, well-known in the area um, for Washington and Oregon, uh, truly has a grasp of the gravity of this situation and what's going on. Had an organized event down there in Lacey a couple days ago. Had a protest up there um, on the Skagit uh, a day prior to that. Lots going on in and all that is fisheries and shutdowns and whatnot. Heath is going to help us understand kind of what's going on. And the biggest question we're getting, Cameron, uh, relative to this from sports anglers, recreational community is, hey, what can we do now? You know, it, I mean, this sounds like a done deal. Is there anything we can do? Well, there is. There's letters that need to be sent. There's support that needs to be driven. There's legislators that need to be contacted, your senators, your representatives, all those political folks that have their hand in this mess need to hear from you, need to hear from us, this group. So uh, Heath is going to kind of walk us through the process, give us some insight that, you know, it's not over. Uh, there's things to do. And this is this is kind of like hit a, I don't know, 
hit a, an unprecedented area that we've never seen before, and there's things that we need to do. So, well, and at the same time, it's a you know it's a big wake up call because we hear about these things happening and they kind of never do, and now it's it's kind of come to fruition that it's time to do something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's finally hit a, a boiling point, I guess. So. Uh, with that, we're going to kick it off here, uh, the Northwest Wild Five, the top five things that you need to be informed of or be aware of and uh, make sure you understand the, what's going on. First and foremost, of course, on my list of five, number one would be uh, all the proceedings that went on this past week. A small group of protesters gathered on the 4th, Wednesday the 4th, up there on the Rainbow, Rainbow Bridge uh, in Laconner in response to the BIA. It's the Bureau of Indian Affairs authorizing the Gilnets of the Swinomish tribe uh, targeting both hatchery and wild uh, uh, spring Chinook on the schedule. And there was videos posted up. I posted up a video. Uh, you can see it. They're, you know, gill netting, drift gill netting down the Skagit for uh, spring Chinook. And it, it, it boasts the question, hey, so how can they go fishing? I mean, there's been no permits issued from NOAA on either side or either side. Uh, they apparently got authorization from the Bureau of uh, Indian Affairs and it's like uh, me sitting in a room going, hey, Dwayne, can, you want to go fishing? Yeah, I think I do. Well, uh, there's no permit. That's okay. I give you permission. Okay, I'm going fishing. And then I'm going to go fish uh, fisheries that I have conducted in the past because they've been proven not to be detrimental to ESA-listed stocks. Of fish. I mean, it's a bunch of crap, okay? You don't ask yourself if you can go fishing and tell yourself, yeah, it's okay. And, um, you know, social media is good and bad They're in a sense that people get, you know, obviously fired up, voice their opinion. That's fine. Um, but there can be some bad information out there is the bad side of it. So you got to kind of pick through it and understand those who are talking about it from a sense of understanding. And what I mean by that is, yeah, no, the uh, local jurisdiction can't just go slap handcuffs on the tribal guys who are fishing. Uh, if you walked up and asked them, they would look at you and go, hey, they told us we have a permit to fish. Okay, so it's not on them. Yeah, they're dragging the nets in the river, and that pisses me off. But it, it's on those that told them it's okay to fish, um, basically within – within tribal affairs. So uh, the whole thing's an absolute political mess. I mean, an absolute political mess. And I'm not sure what direction this is going to go. The thing that really ticks me off, and in uh, the rally Thursday, coordinated by CCA, we had about 200-plus people show up down there at Lacey at the, at the NOAA building. Um, news media was there. It got pretty good coverage on the news, though the news kind of skews the issues and doesn't really get into the meats of it, you know. Uh, I did actually, as I was heading out springer fishing yesterday morning, uh, just scanning through random radio stations, got down almost to your area, and there was a news story on the radio about it, uh, what the, the process that happened the day before. So there's a lot of things going on relative to this. Um, that that, um, that uh, rally gathered some attention, and what concerns me is that nobody has answers, uh, and maybe Heath will uh, help us walk through the process here later in the show, but um, how is it that the tribes are really thinking by the end of May, NOAA's going to have authorized permits for them to go fish their summer and fall season. And yet, when it comes to hook and line fisheries, uh, you know, crafted by WDFW, meeting escapement needs, meeting conservation goals, all those things that recreational fisheries have to prove on the table, hey, here's our plan, it meets all the needs and the goals, and yet they're like, well, this could take six or eight months. How does that even make sense? Well, I mean, it's disgusting. Like I said, you know, the state should have been a little more proactive, I guess, and, you know, maybe not putting so much uh, effort into that, the, the North Falcon process, you know, just in case it does fail. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. How, how, you're right. How do they get their, uh, their, their permits before us? And, yeah. Oh. It makes no sense. Gill, kill net fishery, 
yeah. uh, as our buddy Owen will always refer to it, kill net fishery versus hook and line. Release opportunity, yes, low mortality rate associated with that. We understand all that. We get that. But it's infathomable to me that you can take a gill net and say, hey, you guys can have permits and go fishing. And if that happens, Cameron Black, I'm telling you right now, if that happens, there's going to be some tremendous uprising of folks that just will not understand this entire process. What a what a mess. So we'll get with Heath later in the show, and we'll try to get through that. All right, number two on the list. Uh, we This week, uh, past week, we had opener of halibut season in the ocean. Uh, we have multiple uh, days still available through the month of May, whether you're talking Puget Sound or, um, you know, ocean days that remain based on quota, openings and closings. My experience went down Tuesday, was all set to go, went out with my buddy Larry Phillips from WDFW, took my Dramamine, uh, as I refer to as Drowsamine, because it about puts me in the in the coffin. Um I don't know what it was. Once in a while, I get seasick. Sometimes not even a problem. But man, I get out there for an hour. We started fishing. I'm like, ooh, I don't, I'm not, mm, I'm not feeling too good. Uh, and my problem is, since I had that stomach surgery last year, you know, I, I can't throw up. If I throw up, I'm going to the ER. So I mean, maybe too much information. I don't know. But uh, the fact is, I can't. And so Larry's like, dude, uh, you don't look too good. Yeah, I, I better go in. So and thank God we're only, you know, 11 miles out. We didn't run to the canyon where everybody's catching fish. We went to 11 miles where you might find one. So, um, you know, thank goodness uh, my buddy Larry said, hey, no, we're, we're taking you in. So he takes me in, and, of course, I'm overdosed, gorked out on drows- drowsamine, and uh, so I crawled in the truck and slept for two hours and then got up. And- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, my halibut became a haul your butt, haul your butt into town, had a nice breakfast. By the way, the Blue Buoy makes a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal Denver go. omelet, I'm telling you. And uh, then I went back to the truck, slept a couple more hours, then I hauled my butt back into town and and had lunch, and then I hauled my butt back to the truck and slept, and uh, that was my day. That was my hell of a day. But that being said, uh, you know what? Text me up here, 49451. Uh, what do you prefer? You know, drowsamine work for you? Uh, the patch? I think I'm going patch from here on out because uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, it ruined my my whole day. And I thought, man, this is pathetic. i got to start taking advantage of these uh, ocean fisheries because of everything that's going on. And apparently I'm still getting seasick. So uh, let me know what, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what the remedy is. Um, I'm going to put more time in on the ocean and not be denied my opportunity to get some halibut and ling and all that stuff. Uh, tuna fishing this summer. Uh, definitely got to get out and do that. So what's working for you, Wild Nation? Uh, the patch, is that the way to go? Drowsamine, you got some other medication. Legal, please. Legal stuff we're talking here, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, legal laws and rules do apply in my world. So uh, that would be number two on the old list here. You know, what's going to what's gonna get it done for our seasickness? Is it drowsamine? Is it the patch? Number three, 
Uh, Cameron, you and I kind of discussed this uh, as we rolled into the show here. 38 sea lions killed by WDFW and OFW staff, Bonneville, this year. Uh, it's the most that have been put to death since 2008. 2008. Um, the permit runs out in June, and they're going to obviously uh, uh, try to acquire another permit to help with uh, handling uh, the sea lions. We're talking specifically Bonneville. Uh, there's a much bigger problem. They're, they're recording uh, 6,500 last count from East Mooring Basin all the way up to Bonneville, and I think it's more than that. And also, last year, numbers that I saw, 2015 Spring Chinook run, 45% of the run was consumed by sea lions. So are they doing enough? I, I, I mean, 38 is a drop in the bucket. I mean, even I, I think Crick Creek had that number of like 3,800 too between Bonneville Dam and the East Basin. I mean, I mean, do some quick math. Each one of them eats one salmon a day. Oh yeah. I mean, it, that goes that turns into hundreds of thousands of fish over a three month period. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's very sad. And I think you know we can attribute you know some of this inconsistent fishing that we've been seeing in the Tribs and in the Columbia when it was open. Uh, maybe they just some some very heavy sea lion predation. Yeah, they uh, they need to be doing more. Yeah, not to mention too. I mean, when when that Columbia fishery was going on, I mean, I couldn't even bring a fish into the boat that did not have some kind of sea lion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rip, scar, or gash on it, anything like that. They, almost every single one of them has been touched by a sea mammal. Yeah. So you know, they, last year when we were trying to tackle this and follow what was going on, I mean, there were there were counts inwards of nine thousand, ten thousand. Think back to I believe it was like nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one. The total population of California sea lion down in California, where you go to the sea lion caves and go, oh, look at the sea lions. They're so cute. Uh, 10,000. And now we have that much uh, or close to that annually within the Columbia River. You know, I, 38 at Bonneville to me is nothing. They really need to exercise their options and start getting control of this thing because it's not like we're teaming with uh, Spring Chinook and can afford, you know, to lose that many. So hopefully they'll get something else going on. Uh, number four on the list, of course, this week on the uh, Northwest Wild Five is uh, the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. Again, go to our Facebook page, get signed up on that, post it up, uh, t- tag someone on our page to come like our page, and make yourselves um, uh, available for the drawing. And you will, your seat is paid for, bought and paid for by Wild Country. Put you in the Derby with us. You got a chance to win a thousand bucks first prize for Kokanee Derby. That's pretty exciting. So. Uh, more information to come on that throughout the show and throughout the week. Uh, Steve, we got Shangle on the on the old blower there? Sure do. Fantastic. The Bass Nomad himself mm. checking in from somewhere. Well, well, Tennessee, well, Tennessee right now, technically. Technically, within yeah. Like five, within like five minutes, we'll be on the other side of the state line. So some, I had to ask the boat driver where we were because I really have no <laughs> idea. But uh, anyways, we, we've stopped long enough to have a little chat. So how's it going this morning, boy? Uh, it's going good, man. We're, uh, we're fired up, I guess, basically, so to speak. I'm trying to bite my tongue. And yeah. not get us kicked oh, off boy. the air here, Shango. Good, so, good, good, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, hopefully uh, yeah. throughout the show, as uh, guests we have lined up and, and conversation we'll have, we'll we'll bring more uh, more light to the subject. But uh, let's talk a little brown green fish and what you got going on. FLW this week, I believe. That that is correct. So uh, we're at stop number four on the FLW tour. Uh, we're about uh, two pools away from where we were last week with the Elite Series. We're on uh, Lake Pickwick, which is part of the uh, the Tennessee River. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just all we've just picked up and moved 45 minutes away, and, and here we are. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny. We've talked a little bit, Dwayne, this week about trying to compare, you know, fisheries. Uh, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to compare, you know, Pacific Northwest fishery with, uh, with a system like the Tennessee River. But, uh, but the Columbia and the Willamette definitely qualify, you know, big, giant river fisheries uh, with smallmouth. So, right. so we, can make some, we can make some comparisons for sure. 
Well, uh, so in those comparisons, then I mean, what's uh, what's kind of the go-to? How do these guys, uh, you know, approach yeah. this particular fishery? What's been successful the first couple of days? It's, you know, it's kind of interesting because obviously we're a little bit uh, ahead of the game here uh, compared to you know water temperatures. Actually, I need to ask Cameron uh, what the water temperature is in the Columbia and the Willamette because that's going to be kind of the, the big determining factor. So, what 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 are the temperatures? I didn't get a chance to check. Uh, yesterday in the Bonneville pool is uh, fifty-five, so that's what I was. Getting. Oh, that's. All right, so that's that's the start of hammer time for yeah. you know for smallmouth yeah. uh, in our in our neck of the woods. I mean, we have especially this time of year where you've got fish that are that are looking to kind of start the whole spawn process. Um, basically, looking for you know for bays where water's going to be you know six, seven, eight, you know ten degrees warmer. But I'm telling you right now, these guys out here. The one thing that we always talk about with the Tennessee River is uh, the ledge fishery, and it's kind of funny because that term has not translated to the West Coast at all. Like you don't hear a single guy in Washington or Oregon talk about fishing a ledge. It's just for some reason I'm not sure why. Huh. Um, not that not that not that the techniques that they they throw here would not work because they certainly would, but uh, a couple other things that you don't see a whole lot up in the upper left-hand corner of the country is uh, is a spinnerbait. Um, for some reason I, I and I'm not sure why. And we've had Kevin Van Dam and Mike Iconelli on a couple of times before talking about, you know, spinnerbait for smallmouth, and this time of year, particularly the conditions that I just described, um, spinnerbait's the way to go. And um, you know, you guys here are mixing it up because you know they're literally going to fish in all all stages of everything. So literally every single thing is working here. But back where we live, uh, spinnerbait uh, and kind of a kind of a shallow mid dive and crankbait definitely the way to go. Well, you're definitely covering water, right? I mean, it's when it comes yep. to actually, you know, seeking out and in in getting, uh, you know, them things to react and find it. I mean, you're you're covering a lot of water in a pretty fast fast pace there. That that is the truth. And so what happens with smallmouth biology is until the water gets up to about 50 degrees, they really don't need to, to eat a lot. I mean, they'll eat, you know, a couple, you know, a couple three times a week and that's it. But once once it hits 50, it's like a, it's like a magic switch and mm. that all changes. And so, uh, you know, I mean, smallmouth very well known for, you know, just for their aggressiveness and so forth. And then as we get into the water temperatures that Cameron just described and a little bit higher, uh, you know, those, those quick moving baits are are definitely the keys to success right there. What uh, so who's who's at the top of the old leaderboard there, and what kind of what kind of weights are they bringing in daily here? Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny because uh, we were just chatting about this. There's a guy that nobody has ever. I mean, I had never heard of this guy. I'd never seen his face until two days ago. He's a rookie here on the tour. His name is, and this is a great bass name. His name is Buddy Gross. So if <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't make it here, he's got a chance at NASCAR. Sure, but yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, it, right next door. Are, Absolutely. Yeah. So weights are, you know, in the in the low twenties. You know, twenty twenty one. Um, basically, I mean, it's it's a lot like we experienced last week at Wheeler Lake. You know, I mean, like I said, it's you know similar conditions. So the fish are you know, about in that same size range. Well, fantastic. Well, Buddy Gross, good luck. Maybe you can. Uh, don't you like to see the underdog, <laughs> no name shangle in these events? You know, the guy comes out of nowhere, some rookie yeah. on his first. I, I, yeah. Oh, wow, absolutely. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like to see the underdog yeah. rookie win? Everybody make, likes make, that. Makes a good story. That's right. So it does. It does. All right, brother. We'll uh, we'll check in with you next week on the uh, the traveling road of the nomad himself, Joel Shangle. And uh, as the tour continues, and then um, two weeks from now, you'll still be on the road, yeah. and I will be on the lake. So we'll we'll delve into that a little bit more. But uh, stay safe, my friend. We'll check in midweek with you, see what's going on, and uh, and uh, have fun. Yeah, now listen now, for the next hour and 40 minutes, good luck biting your tongue, but I know you can do it. Oh, I can do it. Steve-O's ready on that dump <laughs> right. button. I told him, stay ready, man. I may may throw a, a four-letter word, starts with an F, and yeah. ends with a T. I don't know. 
But anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, brother. We department. will talk to you soon. Take care. There you go, the Bass Nomad checking in. We're going to pop out for a break. When we get back, we're going to finally get into some fish talk. We're going to talk about some things that uh, are fun to go do. How's that sound? Absolutely. You like fishing walleye. I do, even though I don't know much about it, but I like eating them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You started picking that up a few years ago to go check it out and see what it's all about. Keith Jensen, Big Wally's guide service, and what you need to know to be successful with walleye and triploids on Roosevelt. Not on Roosevelt. We're going to talk Rufus Woods this week. Rufus Woods with Keith Jensen when we come back right here at Sports Radio 950 KJR. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back. This is Sports Radio 950 KJR. You are tuned in to Northwest Wild Country, the number one outdoor radio and TV show in the nation. Dwayne England in studio. My guest host, none other than Cameron Black. Phone lines are open. Eight, no, yes, 800. <laughs> 829-0950. That number is difficult to remember. That's why I don't ever like using that one, Steve. Uh, 206-286-9595. Those numbers are important because I failed to mention at the uh, opener. We're giving away two prize packs today brought to you by our good folks and friends at Yakima Bait Company. They have a special running all the month of May down there at Sport Co. and Outdoor Emporium. Buy three, get one free. Prize pack includes today you're going to get a, uh, a Silver Magic wedding ring. Uh, this has also the uh, Tightline uh, tight UV Kokanee Hoochie. Now, this, um, this particular one I really like, that candy wrapper blade. I got a bunch of those from Jared, made up my own Kokanee rigs. That candy wrapper blade, I'm telling you, you, you need to get that in your arsenal. If you haven't bought this particular little dude right there, go get one. Now, they got this. They got the Silver Magic Wedding Ring. We got the Fast Limit Kokanee Dodger. And, of course, the Yakima Bait hat that everybody wants. Um, that goes in there. And then we got some Yakima Bait stickers. And I went ahead and threw in, out of my own personal inventory in my in my uh, house of goodness, uh, I got you a uh, one jar of the new Potsky Choupe corn, which is fantastic. It's cooked. It's ready to go. A uh, little point of reference, you want to just open that lid, scoop a little out of there, put your favorite Kokanee scent oil right in the jar. Just let it bathe in that stuff. I mean, I've been using herring oil. It's working fantastic for me this year. Uh, get that uh, garlic tuna. Put your uh, shrimp anise. Whatever combination you want to put it, just put it in the corn and let it soak. Now you're fishing good, uh, solid cooked corn that stays on when the fish hit it. It doesn't just knock it right off because it's not soft. So the bait stays on. It gets a really good scent to it because it absorbs that scent, and it's a, it's a tremendous bait to fish. So I throw that in there, a couple Potsky stickers. Giving away two of those prize packs today. First one's going out the door here. Fifth caller. Stephen's waiting at the phone there. 206-286-9595. Fifth caller is going to win that prize pack. So get on the phone and give Steve a call. Now, with that, let's talk some uh let's talk some walleye. Hmm? What do you know about walleye? Not much. Yeah. I know th- I know there's some in the uh Multnomah Channel. I know there's a bunch in the Columbia, and pretty much kind of what people tell me is what I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have fished for them for a handful of times, and I am not uh, you know, by any means a walleye uh aficionado. That's why we rely on the experts and guys that always invite me to go fishing. I just gotta make that drive to that east side and go take advantage of it. Uh Keith Jensen, Big Wally's guide service. Thanks for joining me this morning. Keith, how you doing, man? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. So the walleye fishing, based on your recent photos on your Facebook page, Big Wally's Guide Service Facebook page, uh, looks to be doing pretty good. It's been doing very, very well, um, especially, you know, my recent posts have been up there at Rufus Woods there. Um, it's been fantastic. Great, you know, not just numbers, but uh, quality fish, big fish. Yeah, do you think, uh, Keith, this year compared to the last couple of years, you're seeing more bigger fish early? And if so, do you have any reason why or just because the population seems to just be doing very well? Yeah, I just think the population is doing very well. Rufus Woods is just, it's, it's, it's such a healthy, you know, fishery. Um but I do. It seems like this year the numbers of bigger quality fish are 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 up compared to the last couple of years. And you know the reason why I, you know I couldn't really give you a reason or an answer on on why. But um, you know, just maybe timing. You know, we we timed it well this year with the spawn and and uh, pre spawn. But um, but definitely the numbers of big fish are, are way up. So water temperature of Rufus right now and what effect that's having on the fish. Are we are we pre spawn, post spawn? I mean we're gosh, we're into May already here. So what where are they at in that particular reservoir and uh what's their behavior at right now based on water temperature? Yeah, right now the water temperature is right at fifty degrees, which is really, you know, according to the water temperature should be post spawn, but really we're still smack dab in the middle of the spawn up there on Rufus. Sure. Um, you know, getting you know, releasing a lot of females that you can tell are still full of eggs, um, getting some males that, you know, are still, you know, pre-spawn and spawn right in the middle. So we got, you got fish on both, you know, on all that are spawning that are still some pre-spawn and then some post-spawn fish as well. Well, I know for you, Rufus, uh, predominantly the upper stretch there above the pens uh, is where you focus for walleye. And we can, we'll kind of get into that in a minute here and get folks directed into that upper ramp because uh, I struggled in, finally stumbled across it last year because I hadn't been over there in a number of years. So uh, that's one point that I want to make sure we touch on, so don't let me forget. But uh, let's talk about how you're going after these guys. You know, what's getting it done? Bottom uh, worm crawlers, uh, you know, slow death rigs, uh, lipless cranks. Uh, what's what's uh, Keith Jensen like to troll? Let's talk setback distances, speed of troll, and how deep some of this gear is actually running. You bet, yeah. Um so to start with, I like this. One of the areas is is an area called Buckley Bar, which is up north, close to Grand Coulee Dam. And what it, basically that there's an island there that creates a big current break. And it what that allows me to do to start off the morning is to do bottom bouncers, um, you know, fishing from basically 10 out to 25 feet. Um, it's a big, big, basically flat, and I can cover that whole area with a bottom bouncers in the morning with um, with a, a smile blade. Mm-hmm. And, go, and a gold smile blade. Got to be gold. Got to be gold up there. You know, one thing about Rufus, if you look at the color of the of a walleye on Rufus, they are a lot brighter gold than all the other walleye around. Hmm. And, you know, and, and that seems to make a difference then on, on lure selection. So a bright gold smile blade with that new super slow death hook. Yeah. Um, trolling about normal speed. 
you know, with a bottom bouncer, you know, that 0.7 to 1.2 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that, and then what that allows me to do is kind of as I'm fishing, this is a pretty good stretch. You know, it's a good mile stretch that you're fishing is then kind of locate some schools of fish where the walleye are hanging. Because, you know, dealing with current, you know, these walleye push in and out, push in and out with that current, you know, as the current flow increases or decreases. So what, where they're at today on that area, they may be different tomorrow in that area, you know, where they're located. So sure. by, by, by kind of covering a little ground bottom bouncing, I can locate those schools. Um, and then if I want to set up on a heavy school, I'll switch over a couple other baits that are doing very well up there. Um, would be number one, just a, a, a quarter ounce roundhead jig head, mm-hmm. um, tip with a you know a three to four inch curly tail grub, you know green pumpkin, um, watermelon color. These these walleye up there are feeding on basically two things: crayfish and sculpin. So that curly tail grub on a on a jig head is you know mimics both that sculpin and a crayfish. With that color, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's a very good technique up there on Rufus. And then the other thing that I've been doing. As you mentioned, a lipless crankbait, I've been using a Rapala rip and wrap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and rather than just a cast and retrieve, you're basically fishing a rip and wrap like you would a blade bait. You're casting that out there, letting it hit the bottom, and then you're ripping it. You're, it's got a lot of BBs, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of BBs in there. So when you rip, rip that, rip that up high, you know, it really flutters up and makes a lot of noise and vibration and then let it sink back down to the bottom. And you just continue to do that, you know, work. And the bites and the bites are just like a blade bait bite. You know, you you rip that up and let it fall. Most of the bites are coming on that fall. So when you go to lift that again, the fish is on there. You don't feel the bite. You just when next time you go to lift, there's a fish. What uh, what size of plug or? or uh... Yeah, those, yeah, those are a half ounce to yeah. uh, three, three quarter ounce. Yeah, either one of those. And and color wise on those rip and wraps are either the red crawdad or the brown craw. Gotcha. So I'm so I'm so. Right now, you know, color selections on, on things, I'm either trying to mimic uh, a crayfish or, or a bullhead sculpin yep. or, or then with the gold, you know, kind of trying to look like a walleye too, you know, a smaller walleye, which, of course, walleye are, are eating each other too. So Yeah, yeah, the big ones eat the little ones. Uh, so when yep. you're up there on that flat, Keith, what uh, in, your, in your cast and retrieving, what kind of depth are we talking, and is that different than when you're trolling that bottom walker? It's the same. You know, the, what I, I suppose the one exception would be with the jig head and that soft plastics. You know, you're 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 able to get a lot shallower too. You know, sometimes these walleye would, you know, in these in this current, they can get up four or five feet. You know, sitting there in that mm-hmm. current. And so with the you know casting those jig heads, you know, now instead of fishing from ten to twenty five, you know, now you've kind of expanded it, expanded your depth range a little bit to go a little shallower. So a lot of times we catch walleye, you know, four or five, six feet up there on Rufus. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, you know, rod, rod set up, you know, seven foot, uh, one piece, uh, walleye rod, you like baitcaster spinning and also you're running, uh, running a thin braid or you're running mono. I'm, I'm running just straight mono. Um, I'm running mono, eight pound P line for the rod. Um, I got, you know, Bass Post Shops, they have a great walleye series of rods. Um, they have a seven foot, uh, walleye series rod, a bottom bouncer rod that works fantastic. Um, they, you know, for you know, for casting jigs and whatnot, um, then I'm switching over. You know, with, with the bottom bouncers, I'm using a casting rod. Yeah. You know, with a lip, with a with a low profile bait caster for the for the rip and wrap and for casting jigs. Typically, with my clients, I'm since we're casting, I'm going the spinning rod, and a spinning rod works great. A seven footer works great for both of those techniques. Gotcha. 
Well, hey, tell you what, uh, solid information on the walleye. I mean, I can't think why, you know, persons would not want to come on over and give that a try, especially with the size of fish they're pulling out uh, this year. It seems to be pretty healthy. Uh, we're kind of running out of time on this segment, which is fine, because that just allows me to get you back on in a couple of weeks so we can talk trip, talk triploid uh, opportunity over there, because if I'm coming over, I want to fill the cooler with both. I mean, that's that's kind of the yeah. name of the game. So, and, it, and it's been fantastic, too. Yeah. yeah. It's been very good. The triploid fishing is excellent. Not not for giants, right. but for a lot of two- to three-pounders. Well, like you said, they recently uh, flushed a bunch more out or released a bunch more out of the pens, and so there's a, a you know, good number of opportunity of fish to get, go after. And uh, we'll save that little uh, snippet of information for a couple weeks down the road. Like I said, it gives me a good excuse to get you back on. So uh, Keith Jensen, Big Wally's Guide Service. Check him out at www.bigwallysguideservice.com. Give them a call at 509-770-8318 and book a trip. Go get some of those walleye or have him show you everything you need to know. Then you can drag your boat back over there from the west side and take advantage of another yet another good opportunity, Cameron Black, to uh, go get some walleye. So, Keith, thanks so much. I'll be in touch with you, and uh, have a great day, man. Thanks. Thanks thanks again for having me on, Dwayne. You bet. Take care. Uh, You got a caller on there, Steve-O? Yeah, let's go with uh, Bill from Vancouver here. Sounds good. Hey, Bill, thanks for calling the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I've got a question for Cameron. Perfect. Um, on Outdoor GPS last night, you and TJ were talking about dropper or no droppers. Is that just dropper length, or is that taking the lead off altogether? Uh, that's taking the, the line off altogether. So, yeah, just running the, the, you know, the cannonball weight right to your clip that's uh, attaching it to the main line. So depending okay. on yeah, depending on if you're going to bounce the bottom with it, you know, some guys are going to run like a two foot dropper. I prefer the dropper just because the uh, the oh no factor for if I you know maybe uh, botch a client's net job or something like that, I'm able to cut that line and free that weight and kind of kind of gives me a little second chance at them. So if you have that lead uh, hard tied to that line, uh, it's once you hook it, it's going to stay there. So you're going to be scrambling. But uh, other than that, you know, but like I said, TJ's. Got many, many more years on that uh, style of fishing than I do, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he runs no dropper, so take that into consideration too. That makes a lot of sense because this week we had a couple close calls with a cannonball in the eyeball situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Always wear your glasses, Bill. That's what I do when I'm fishing with other guys in the boat. Always wear them sunglasses. Plus, you actually, look... I was lucky. I had the rods. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're well protected. Well, hey, I appreciate the phone call, Bill. I hope that oh, helped you out. Another thing, Cameron. Yes. When are you going to start guiding for walleye? Yeah, I got a lot to learn in that department. You know, I was just listening to the last caller. Yeah, Yeah, the lipless, uh, using the lipless um, crankbaits as a blade bait. Mm -hmm. You know, where we fish, there's a lot of smallies. And I was just, I wrote that down. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out and toss those things around, see if I can do a little both, uh, get a little action on both of those fish. So I love it. I love it when we're in studio and I look over and one of the 10 percenters is taking notes. That always is, yeah. Always something. Hey, man, man. there's always other fisheries to learn about. So I appreciate the phone call, Bill. Have a great day. Also, saving our salmon smokes oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. we don't want to talk too much about killing Uh, those big ones but yeah you know Uh i'm in that bucket still right (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks guys you bet have a good day thanks what else you got there steve we need to jump out for a break oh yeah real quick we had a uh caller say that in black lake down in olympia there's a fenced off area that they have for the kids today uh that they just stocked with trout so yeah they got that kids derby going on yeah if you got nothing else going on check out black lake they got uh i forget the age i think it's 12 and under don't quote me on that but uh 
Go on in and check that out. They got it uh, cordoned off there. It's for kids only, and they got a pretty uh, pretty good assortment of prizes uh, ready to go for that. So and, fun fun day for kids. And then one last thing, we had a question about um, you know how much authority do the federal wardens have um, in overruling the tribal and the local wardens? Um, sticky, sticky, political, very, 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 very difficult situation. I uh, the enforcement laws. Uh, crossover and, um, you know, you can't touch our people, we can't touch yours. It's gotten very, very, there's a line, and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of agencies are not willing to cross that line based on just kind of how, how the rules have gone the last couple of years. So I'm no expert in that area by any means, so we're not even going to touch that one. But, I mean, fair question. I just don't have the, oh, I don't have the brain matter. Quite frankly, to understand, it's it's way up there on the legal on the legal shelf. So, uh, with that, we're gonna jump out for a break. Hey, we give that prize pack away. Uh, sure did. Right to, on, uh, Jay. Oh, nice, good job, Jay. Thanks for calling in. I noticed the phone lines lit up there pretty good. No worries, we're gonna have another one of those to give away. Second hour, I'll announce that later on the show. Uh, we're getting a little late for a break, but when we come back, Cameron, kind of something your neck of the woods. You're doing just as recent as yesterday, and did pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I did all right for Consider. what we saw. Absolutely. Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia River Guide Service. Uh, we're going to delve into that whole wind draino and the draino 500. We come back right here at Sports Radio 950 KJR. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back, Northwest Wild Country Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Dwayne England, Cameron Black in studio. Hey, the phone lines are open, 800-829-0950-206-286-9595, or text us up questions, and we got some on there that we're going to get to in a little bit here, 49451. I got Cameron Black in studio. Do yourself a favor, give us a call. We're answering questions today specific to salmon, kokanee, uh, walleye, call and ask Cameron questions about walleye. <laughs> That's a stronghold. Uh, no, it, sound, it looks like we got a caller there, huh, Steve? Yeah, you had addressed earlier if there were any legal remedies to your uh, seasickness problems, and we have Rick here in Renton to uh, answer that question. Hey, Rick, what's going on, man? Not much. Love you guys' show. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for calling in this morning. So, your subject of uh, seasickness is near and dear to my heart, unfortunately, from the years. Probably. Oh, good. And, uh, one that I would recommend to your callers. Hey, Robert, let me get your it's called, it's called Bonine. Bonine. Have yeah, you heard of that B-O- B-O-N-I-N-E. Uh, and is that a uh, that prescription med, or is that one over the counter? Nope. Right over the counter. Oh, good. Okay. I have tried everything. I've tried patches. I've tried the, the liquid. I've tried your your favorite, uh, Drowsamine. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that I've ever tried that works like Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll keep that in mind. I appreciate the call this morning, Rick, and thanks yeah. for following the show, man. Thank you. Bye. All right. Have a great day. All right. Bonite. Have you ever used uh, ginseng and eight hours of sleep? Like, like you know, the... the Who's got the time for eight hours well, of sleep? Well, I know, but I'm I telling mean, you, back in my ocean and tuna days, man, yeah. it, was, it was sleep and then a little uh, right. the ginseng, uh, you know, the actual stuff out of the jar. Well, the other thing I kind of had going, I got a little left ear pain, something in there that's kind of knocking me off a little bit. Um, I almost fell getting out of bed this morning. So maybe that's just because I'm old now. Got that double ARP card coming in. I mean, it's all things are changing quick around here. All right, with that, somebody that's not old, Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia River Guide Service is up there beating up on the wind and Drano and finding a few fish. Some days a little tougher than others, as Cameron can attest to. How are you doing this morning, Shane? Thanks for jumping on, man. 
Oh, we're doing good. Sorry, you're going to have a little train noise in the background here. Daniel's coming by. But uh, we got one so far this morning, a couple bites. It's definitely been a little slower the last couple of days. Yeah. So I know you were over there on the wind yesterday. You're on Drano this morning. Let's start with Drano. So, you know, what are we uh, what are we dragging out the back there? Three or 4.5 maglips from time to time? Are you doing prawn spinners? Are you doing uh, doing herring? What's, uh, what's Shane running this year? Perhaps it's a super bait. What's the, what's the drill? So I've been uh, trolling uh, plugs and super baits mostly. Um, three, five maglips out the back tend to always be my favorite. Uh, they like that little bit smaller presentation. Uh, earlier in the year when the water was a little colder, we were wrapping some four or fives and, and getting some good takes on those. But now that the uh, water's 55 degrees this morning in here, and they're yeah. liking the small stuff. Um Flashers, both fish flash and uh, and pro troll flashers in front of super bait, uh, dragging them around at, at a good plug speed. And I think that's kind of the key is, is these things like to be trolled a little faster. It's not like a herring or a prop spinner that trolls slow. So, so let's talk specific on the plug first. Uh, what's your what's your setback? Um, and are you putting any any wrapping anything on it? Adding any scent, any uh, paste or anything? Also, which color is getting it done? I know. Uh, and a number of other fisheries as of late, payday seems to be the one that's ringing them in. So uh, that's a good one to go to. But we're talking a 3.5. Are you changing the hooks at all on that, or are you just leaving the trebles? Yeah, so I, I change the hooks to them. I go to those uh, Big River uh, open-eye eyewash hooks, uh, one-aught size. I change both of them to that with a number seven barrel swivel in between them. That seems to work extremely well they fill themselves up pretty good with that they can yeah. twist with that plug you know they can turn with that barrel swivel and and uh keep them hooked up they can't use the plug against itself to unhook itself yeah oh so, um i'm putting those back there running them 55 to about 70 feet behind the boat with the three fives on 50 pound braid seems to be getting to be about the right depth uh, and colors uh my best color has been cowgirl the last few days. The uh, fluorescent red with the, the yellow tail on it. And that thing's been uh, knocking them down over this last week or so for me. And what's your speed on those plugs? Uh, right now I'm trolling 1.8 to about 2 miles an hour. Um, and then uh, uh, varying it. If it. Don't be afraid to pull those things hard and then let off that throttle. Let them things uh, pull hard and then flutter, and they'll, uh, those fish will chase it down. Yeah, yeah. So you have that going on. You're not running all plugs. So you run that simultaneously with the super baits or, you know, kind of yeah. what's what's the spread? All right. So the super baits, obviously, the last couple of years have become something that more and more folks are paying attention to. It started with you guys on that upper Columbia River stuff. It's gravitated now downriver over to this west side. Uh, the man sitting to my left in studio this morning is uh, very fond of that particular technique and his mid-river Columbia fisheries because it flat out produces Let's talk a little bit about that. If guys are struggling with that, Shane, what are some things they might be doing wrong? Let's uh, let's simplify that. Let's just talk about how to set it up, how to present it, troll speed, some of the colors that are working for you, what we're packing inside the super bait. And the other question I get is, is it the plug cut, you know, herring style or the, uh, the original? So uh, go. <laughs> so what I find most of the time is, for whatever reason, the spring chinook and even and into the early summers, they really like the cut plug style, and I think that has to do a lot with the the colder water, and they like that whiter profile of the lure. And then when it transfers into the fall fishing, I see it 
die down and go to the original style, which is that more banana shape, more thinner style. And again, I, I think it has to do with the maturity of the fish and temperature of water and, and just kind of what they, they like to see. Um, the the biggest thing with these is if you're throwing, throwing a big flasher like a Pro Troll, that thing's putting action on it. And so playing with the leader length is, is real key. Uh, shorter the leader, the more action that flasher is going to put on that lure. And right. uh, and some days they want more action, and some days they want less. And and a good place to always start is that 42-inch mark and then kind of go from there um, and, and run a couple different leaders, tie up a couple different things, and you'll find what they like. They'll tell you. When you're talking and, shortening the leader, I mean, we're talking 2 inches, 6 inches. I mean, is it a drastic change or pretty much, you know, you don't really notice it just looking at them? I've uh, I've ran them all the way down for the Chinook, all the way down to 30 inches behind those flashers, and done real well. Interesting. And so from 42, that's a that's a foot difference. Sure. Um, I rarely run one over 50 inches. It okay. seems like once you get over 50, that that lure dies too much behind that flasher, and and uh, and they don't like it near as well. But with that being said, I uh, I at times do extremely well pulling them with fish flash, which is no action. So yeah. I think. Uh, I think sometimes uh, the fish get uh, laid down. There's a bunch of gear going over their head. Uh, Drano's pretty clear, so you got all these boats throwing these big flashers. Sometimes they like that more, um, a little more subtle presentation. So keep that in mind also. Seems like a lot of guys are starting to steer away from the old, uh, you know, uh, fish flash uh, herring rig with the dropper and, uh, you know, something as simple as a prawn spinner. I mean, those are still in a lot of folks' arsenals, but... You guys that seem to have uh, more production day in and day out have gone to this Pearl Troll and, and uh, Super Bait, and, of course, the uh, the 3.5 mags always get it done there at Drano. I've uh, experienced that myself a number of times. What uh, what are we talking color of flashers? I know chartreuses and green seem to be synonymous in a lot of areas, especially on the upper Columbia. What does Shane O'Mac like to spin behind the boat? Well, I got I got four of them out right now, and they're all of them are chrome. That's Chrome with fish scale on them. That's been my best color day in and day out, especially on sunny days, the way it's been the last couple of days. That chrome seems to just kind of outproduce everything. But uh, early in the mornings, that chartreuse with glow tape, extremely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, cloudy days also. Um, uh, occasionally early in the morning, a white one works really, really well. Um, those are kind of my two favorite colors if I get away from chrome. Uh, I pull a lot of pull a lot of chrome. I, <laughs> I pull a lot of chrome. So you're, you're basically cloudy and low light conditions. You like, <clears throat> excuse me. You like the um, you like the green with the um, with the glow. And uh, when it's sunny, even though that clear water, you just said it too. The clear water, lots of gear going over their heads, but you're not afraid to run that big flashy chrome on sunny days. Lots of reflection, lots of lots of refraction. Yeah, yeah. Get that horizontal refraction through the water and and. Uh, Get that that strobe light going, get them coming. Very cool. Uh, any openings coming up? I know uh, the wind and Drano are going to fish for a while now. We're finally getting some decent numbers over the dam, albeit you know again it is wind and Drano, so they're kind of off and on. I you you fish kind of both of them similar same, do you not? Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much the same, and uh, a little bit of timing and a lot the same day. Uh, I know I saw Cameron yesterday at at the wind. Yeah. Um, I showed up there about midday. The wind tends to always have a good midday afternoon bite, and Drano tends to always have an early morning. So we'll jump back and forth, back and forth some. Sure. 
Uh, if uh, folks want to get a hold of you, www.uppercolumbiaguide.com. They can give you a call at 509-630-5433. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning, and uh, don't be a stranger, man. All right. Thank you much, guys. All right. Take care, Shane. Uh, that is Springer Fever of this week. Shane Magnuson up there on Windrano. We're chasing the, as the Springers migrate up, and we get less opportunity to target them. Those are open, and that's where they're heading, so get on them. Springer Fever brought to you by Bomac and Yakima Bait Company. Check out everything they have online. Check out Bomac online and, of course, YBC. And uh, Shane had mentioned there, don't be afraid to use that uh, that Big Owl's Fish Flash. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, when's the last time you spun herring at either one of those reservoirs? Uh, last spring, but uh, I was, it took a little convincing for some of the east, guy, east side guys to switch me over to the approach hole, and that's kind of where I started right, doing that right. last year in there. That's right, yeah. It's productive. Things are changing. Hey, what do you got for, uh, you got a phone call? Yeah, real quick, let's get to uh, Tony here from Portland. Right on. Hey, Tony, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling this morning. Hey, uh, try ginger snap cookies or that candied ginger for your seasickness. Uh, just... I don't even use the Dramamine anymore, and that seems to keep it down. Just the ginger, huh? Uh, that's actually yep. what I meant to say. Oh. I said ginseng, like, but, you know, the ginger in the jar, the yeah, pickled, yeah. pickled ginger. Yeah, pickled oh, ginger. Okay, yeah, yeah, or, <laughs> or the ginger. You know, yeah, they, they, right on. They dry, it and, they dry it and put sugar on it. It's, it's like a candied sure. ginger or even ginger snap cookies. And you just use that, Tony, and it doesn't, and you got no upset stomach. Right. Wow, fantastic. Appreciate the tip, man. Thanks for you calling. Can try it in co- you can try it in conjunction just to be on the safe side, but uh, sure, uh, it works. Well, I'm done being drowsy. I can tell you that much, so i got to try something oh, else. Oh, I know. I, I hate that. Yeah, I want to enjoy the that. day and not just take naps. So right on, man. I appreciate I the to... advice. You're right. All right. What else you got? Nothing? Uh, we got to no. get caught up on some of these texts, man. Yeah. But we are falling way behind on a break. Yeah. But you know what? We got plenty of time. This next segment's going to run for a better part of the uh, first half hour of the second hour. Uh, we come back. Guess what, mister? You're on the hot seat. Phone lines are open 800 829 206 286 9595. Text in your questions. Steve was going to pay attention. Anything relative to Kokanee on there and Cameron's name, Steve? you got to take some notes, and we'll fire those off. Cameron Black and I in studio talking Kokanee Nation when we come back. And uh, this is your opportunity. Give Cameron a call. Let's kind of dissect Yale and Merwin on Kokanee Nation. We get back here right after the break. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.